Welcome to Feed Matters, Feed Navigator's podcast series. In this latest episode, we speak to Arlen Sudeman, Chief Commodities Economist at the Stonex Group, and we hear about the latest developments in the grain and oilseeds markets. With U.S. corn production forecast to be the second highest in record this year, the analyst kicks off with some insights about that particular market. Yeah, I'd say where we're at right now with the corn market is what I'd call a market malaise or harvest malaise, rather, uh, where we've been kind of stuck in the sideways trading range now for much of the last month and a half or so as we try to assess what the size of this year's crop is. Export demand has been very weak. We know that feed demand is is weak as well because we have far fewer cattle to feed due to the shrinking of the breeding herd over the last several years. Uh, We've also been shrinking the uh, breeding herd for hogs as well, although our pigs per litter has really surged over the last couple of quarters, and that's kind of offset the shrinking of the breeding herd. Um, It still leaves us with kind of a stagnant feeding usage, feed usage number as well. And so that leaves the only sector demand seeing any type of growth or potential for growth being the ethanol sector, the biofuel sector. And even there, we're facing declining gasoline demand. And so the ethanol industry is struggling to find alternative uses like sustainable aviation fuel. So right now, we're kind of in an oversupply situation relative to demand. Prices have come a long ways down since June. Uh, Back in June, our December corn contract was uh, uh, trading really around the 629, 630 area. Um, So we've come down, uh, uh, what, about a dollar and a half since that time period. So now the market's trying to assess, is this a fair value for these new fundamentals? And that's where we find ourselves currently and so we're going sideways. The uh, harvest is uh, about 30% complete at this point. The early harvest results have been better than what we expected a month ago. We finished the growing season with a, a period of extreme stress in central and western portions of the Midwest. And we anticipated that that would shrink seed size as the crop matured faster than normal. Uh, which would result in in reduced yield. But so far, uh, farmers have been pleasantly surprised at how well uh, the hybrids held up. Uh, We may see the later maturing fields uh, show more damage, but thus far we've been encouraged by by the yields, and that's done little to uh, support a rally in the market. And beyond the U.S., Ireland, what have been the key developments in the global grain and oilseed markets? Globally, there's a couple of factors there. Obviously, Argentina had a very small crop this past year. Uh, we expect that to rebound with El, with an El Nino weather pattern in 2024. Uh, Ukraine exports have been restrained somewhat. Um, when the Black Sea Grain Initiative was canceled in, in July and, and really shipments were halted before that, Um, That raised concerns about a lack of corn shipments coming from Ukraine, Um, but Ukraine has set up humanitarian quarters and is slowly starting to increase shipments once again over both water and over land. But probably the big story on the world picture is the big increase in production in Brazil. 
They've rapidly expanded their area that they plant to corn, particularly their winter corn crop. And uh, they had a very favorable growing season for it uh, this past year. And uh, that surge in supply has basically offset the lost production and availability of corn from Argentina and uh, from Ukraine. So that's really been pressuring the world market at this point. And what's been the dynamic in the global canola or rapeseed markets? Well, first come to mind is uh, in Australia, we're facing an El Nino-related drought. Uh, El Nino tends to reduce rainfall in Australia, and so that's creating some challenges there. We saw similar dry conditions in Canada this past growing season. Um, put a lid on production coming out of Canada as well, and even parts of Europe saw something similar. Uh, so the anticipation is now as we move into from an La Nina to an El Nino pattern, Australia will continue to face its dryness concerns going forward. Um, but we should see improved rainfall for 2024 uh, for both the North American and the European canola crop. And, and prospects for meal supplies for importers such as the European Union, well, what are they looking like now? I mean, obviously, Argentinian soy meal uh, has halved so far this year due to the drought-reduced soybean harvest. So where can the, the EU pull down supplies from? Hey, you're absolutely right about Argentina's crop. Uh, it's just an amazing drought there and how sharply it curtailed production. Meanwhile, we had a massive crop in Brazil um, increasing by more than 30 million metric tons from the previous year. Brazil's got plenty of crush capacity, so it has been uh, uh, increasing that uh, cr- usage of that capacity to try to offset some of the lost Argentine crush uh, business. We've also been seeing an increase uh, for U.S. soy meal. Now, w- whether European and so will want to buy the U.S. meal or Brazilian meal. Uh, it's kind of a reshuffling of, of the business, who, who does it where. United States will pick up some of, and is picking up some of the lost crush capacity from Argentina. Um, and uh, that'll go to some global customers. I anticipate uh, European customers will probably prefer to uh, get their meal that they can't get from Argentina, from Brazil. But we're basically seeing a reshuffling of those customers, but we have basically adequate supply right now. The United States is increasing its crush capacity um, between one to 200 million bushels uh, per year in increased uh, capacity, and that uh, pace is picking up as, as we go through the next couple of years, largely due to the expanding renewable diesel program here in the United States. Uh, is we're increasingly crushing for oil, and that is providing more meal than for us to use domestically as well as to ex- put on the export market. And looking at weather prospects, what's in store for U.S. production areas, European and Brazil and Argentinian um, crops over the next couple of weeks? Well, I think the biggest attention right now with the harvest going on in the United States is is the speed at which we can start planting the uh, 2024 Brazil soybean crop, and um, we've been waiting for the monsoon rains to start there in an El Nino growing season. You tend to get 
a late start to those monsoon rains, um, and then they tend to disappoint in quantity as well. You can still grow a big soybean crop under those conditions. It just may be a later crop, which means a later harvest. Uh, generally, uh, farmers in the center west area of Brazil, which is their most productive area for soybeans and for their winter corn crop, uh, want to see at least 50 millimeters of rainfall before they uh, plant, start planting soybeans to make sure there's enough moisture there uh, to really establish the crop. And so they've been waiting for that to happen. As long as that happens by the middle of October, they should be fine. And the weather models are showing now an increase in rainfall. In fact, we're starting to see now an increase in incidence of of thunderstorms across that area and we think that over the next week to 10 days we're going to get adequate moisture in order to do so not all the weather models agree on that so there is some risk um, but we're cautiously optimistic that will be the case if you look back at the largest el nino years in recent history that would be 1997 and also 2015 we had a late start to the monsoons the monsoons did disappoint but yet they still had enough rain to produce uh, larger than normal yields for their soybean crop. Uh, that's because a center west area normally gets two to two and a half times the rainfall that they need for a, for a normal production. So if you reduce rainfall by uh, 20, 30, 40, even 50 percent, as long as those rains are timely, you can still produce a good crop. As we look at the United States in 2024, El Nino should favor uh, better rainfall across the Midwest for a good crop there as well. That should also go for the Canadian canola production um, as well. We anticipate that it'll be drier across much of Australia and we anticipate that we should probably see better conditions in Europe. Although as we get into Asia, El Nino tends to suppress rainfall and tends to reduce production in those areas. Now, a USDA crop report is due to drop next week. How influential will that be? I think the October 12th USDA crop report will be a big one for the markets. Um, very significant um, because uh, I mentioned earlier, this is a growing season in the United States that finished with a great deal of stress with heat and dryness over central and western parts of the Midwest. And that frequently does tend to reduce seed size um, and affect oil content on the later developing uh, soybean and, and also on the corn crop. Uh, so far, the harvest has been on the more earlier maturing crops and yields there have been better than what was feared. But uh, this, this October report will include sampling, field sampling of those crops that mature, and most all of the crops were mature enough to sample for this October report. So it should give us our best indication to date about what, how the crops, particularly the later maturing crops, were able to weather the adversity at the end of the growing season and tell us whether we have enough, large enough supplies to meet anticipated demand for the year ahead. So once we get this report, I think the market therefore will react to it, whether the crop be smaller than expected or bigger than expected, and then it will shift its focus 
to export demand and uh, to the growing season in uh, South America.